The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz here with me. And this is the first of our annual position preview episodes. These are some of the most, probably the most popular series we do outside of the season. We go in-depth on each position group, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, offensive line, defensive line, edge, linebacker, cornerback, safety, special teams, and kind of preview what what to expect from the coming season. Each episode, we'll talk about the biggest strength of the position group, the biggest question mark, a stat or player that we're going to be watching, particularly early on in the season to determine, you know, the direction this that given position group is heading. Uh, position battles if we don't discuss them and then we each make a bold prediction for the room this season so be sure to check all those out as well as our stories I, I also have position preview stories we have tons of content coming from the fall camp press conferences over at the michiganinsider.com michigan.247sports.com be sure to check it all out there since this is our first episode of course we're going to start with the quarterback position in terms of the depth chart feel like it's Obvious at the top, <laughs> probably the most obvious at the top, J.J. McCarthy, starting quarterback. Jim Harbaugh has said that there will be a position battle for backup quarterback between Indiana graduate transfer Jack Tuttle, uh, Davis Warren, Alex Orgy. You know, there are some other players as well, but but I feel, feel like to me this is Tuttle versus Warren. But, Steve, let's let's just start looking at what this room does well, what it excels in. The biggest strength of the room for me, it's leadership. I, I know Jim, I know a lot of people ran with the Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen quote that Jim Harbaugh gave at Big Ten Media Days, kind of kind of making fun of Harbaugh for, you know, just keeping expectations uh as high as humanly possible with that with those comparisons. But if you actually go and read what he said, I do think he hit on some on a very good point about JJ McCarthy that that he's talented, he's athletic, he can make a lot of throws. But really what, what's allowing him to excel and what, what allowed Michigan to excel last season uh, with notable ease was that J.J. has kind of that it factor as a leader where he, he's pretty selfless. Uh, he's willing to sacrifice, whether it's sacrifice his body on a carry or be kind of a game manager when the run game's working or or in practice. I I think back to his freshman year when he was – doing those 2 a.m. workouts with his teammates, uh, you know, the ones who didn't necessarily play in road games. They get back to Ann Arbor and he says, hey, let's go, let's go throw. Let's, let's go get our, uh, get our sweat in before we go to bed. And so it's, you know, and, and I think about some of the other things we have seen from him since he arrived in Ann Arbor. I, I think he's a quarterback who, you know, quote unquote, gets it. He has that it factor and he understands what it takes to not just be a, a, a successful quarterback from a throwing, running playbook perspective, but also from a leader perspective. I think everyone I've heard from involved with Michigan football, whether it's on or off the record, 
really thinks highly of J.J. McCarthy. They love his positivity. They love that he can he can show genuine support and belief in his teammates. You know, it's not just saying the right things. I mean, he really believes in every everyone that's in the huddle with him. And I think the players respond to that. And and I think that really does make a big difference. I think that's something that, you know, Jim Harbaugh has been kind of looking for a quarterback with the it factor pretty much since he arrived at Michigan. And I think Cade McNamara had, had it to an extent, but I think J.J. McCarthy uh, was able to take it to another level when you add in the talent that he has. So to me, I said the biggest strength of this room is leadership. And the fact that they, that a backup quarterback in Jack Tuttle is – a former captain at a Big Ten school, you know, former four-star recruit who definitely, whose career definitely hasn't panned out. But when you talk to him, you know, he's he's ready to be, like in his mind, the best backup quarterback that he can be. Like he's not even, he's put the ego aside, right? He's at Michigan uh, to, be a, to be a leader, not necessarily, you know, get all the attention, not necessarily take J.J. McCarthy's job, but to be a veteran presence in that room. And, and then you talk to, talk to Davis Warren too. I mean, he's, he's extremely mature. I think he's he's someone that obviously was overlooked in high school between COVID injuries, leukemia. It seemed like it was he's definitely had to grow up early, I suppose. And I think that really shows in how teammates view him, how coaches view him, and then also how he carries himself in in press conferences. So I'm really impressed by the leadership of this room. There's I'm sure there's lots of on field stuff or tangible things that are strengths of this position group, but but to me starting with JJ and, and then working down. I, I just feel like this is a room that that understands that what, no matter who's voted captain, QB one is always going to be captain of that offense. And and I think understands what that means and, and how to get the most out of their teammates. And, and, you know, Michigan, I think they're big believers that you want your, your best players to be your hardest working players, which sounds really simple, but I, I think sometimes, not every team can pull that off, but I do feel like J.J. McCarthy showed this offseason, you know, really his first healthy offseason where he's the starting quarterback, uh, that, that, you know, he can be that kind of player. So that's the biggest strength to me. Steve, what do you think is the biggest strength of this quarterback room? I mean, leadership would have been, I think that's, and I'm not knocking your, I think that's the the good, the, the simple, like if we were playing Family Feud, that would have been like the number one answer. Uh, I'm just going to go with, I, I just think that JJ McCarthy himself is is the strength of the quarterback room because I think there are potentially big things on the horizon for him this season. Um, it, Of course, if you're Michigan, you, you don't want to lose the way you lost in the playoff last year to a team that I think we, I think we'd probably agree. Michigan probably wins that game. What? Seven out of 10 times, if not eight out of 10 times playing TCU on a neutral I think that's field. fair. Even, even the way that game transpired, I think there were unorthodox plays or, or I don't want to say fluke because TCU earned the win, but absolutely, yeah, unconventional situations, fumbles on the goal line, multiple pick sixes, another goal line drive that got stalled. I yeah, it's yeah. If they play, I mean, even TCU might say that, like, right. you know, they they kind of got away with one and they earned it, but they also beat a team that probably they don't beat every time that they play. Right. So I think, you know, I think the way last season finished in terms of like he's McCarthy really started to ascend towards the end of the year and then kind of had this, uh, 
I don't want humbling because he's not like a it's it, but humbling in like a performance type way. I think in a way almost sets the table for him to really have a big season. Um, you know, you talk about leadership. There's there's we've talked about who who's going to be the third receiver, but you know, Michigan has two very like there's ton there's lots and lots of experience at the top of the depth chart at receiver. He's got an ascending tight end who who really could contend for all American status if he gets the ball enough. You have a Swiss Army knife like Donovan Edwards. I mean, you know, he's going to have a lot of weapons at his disposal to put up big numbers. But he himself is also a guy that is is doing the lion's share of the work to to produce those numbers. So I just think McCarthy himself is the strength because we'll talk about what the weakness is for Michigan here in a little bit. But um, you know, that's why he was far and away voted the number one most important player. Uh, you know, the court and the quarterback. Yeah, there's almost no scenario where, like, when we do our, you do your top 25 most important players and we vote on them. Hard not to have the quarterback as, like, one of the two or three, if not top two most important players. But I think for this season in particular, with the way the, the quarterback room is, I mean, he was far and away uh, the number one most important player because he gives, he's the one that gives them, uh, a, like, a national championship type ceiling this season so you know yeah I'm just gonna go with McCarthy I totally agree though like oh like I if I was if I'd gone first I probably would have said like leadership or uh just you know almost like the same thing like experience there's a lot of experience with between him and Tuttle in particular and and Davis Warren you like you said a lot of life lessons but also on the field lessons a kid who who also really almost would be my pick to take that backup job maybe, but we'll see. I mean, it's going to be an interesting battle, but, uh, but yeah, I'm going to go with McCarthy. Yeah. And, and I think to your point, and we we've talked about it earlier in the summer, you know, if McCarthy makes all the leaps that he is physically capable of making, it's very hard to imagine Michigan not playing in the national championship game. On the other side, if McCarthy say missed the season, I think expectations would be, significantly reset for the Wolverines heading into the season. So he's he is the key in, in a lot of ways to Michigan's success. Every position group will play a role, of course. They have tons of other great players, potential NFL draft picks, potential All-Americans, but but I think, you know, it's Michigan has waited a long time for a quarterback with the blend of talent and leadership and potential that McCarthy has. So biggest question mark of this room and I don't know maybe people disagree with mine but mine is is can Michigan win a high level game depending on its quarterback play because last season I mean even even Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game they were they were eventually able to run the ball and and really control these games and I I go back to a lot of those games that they won handily but but remember I think there were a lot of games where they it was kind of even at halftime and then the offensive line and the run game really just started to take over in the second half and and my question is what if that doesn't happen what if a team is able to stop that what if a team is big enough in the trenches and condition themselves well enough to hang with Michigan's run game for four quarters you know is this a is McCarthy has he gotten to that stage where he can go out and win Michigan a high level game hostile environment? I guess I'm, I'm envisioning like a win at Penn state, you know, one of those 23 17 type games. 
I feel like he's capable, and I do feel like Ohio, the Ohio State game last fall was kind of the quote-unquote breakthrough for him, throwing, what, three touchdowns, uh, several big throws, and then you saw against Purdue, three more touchdowns. Uh, TCU, he threw, threw for 343 yards and two touchdowns. Like, it's certainly the two pick sixes added up, but, but Steve, I do think that this has been kind of answered. I still think it's a question mark to me because – Last season on non-play action passes, J.J. McCarthy was 55th nationally in passer rating. And his accuracy in November, he completed just 50% of his passes in November when you know the, the winds started howling, the weather got a little colder. Uh, he was outside the top 100 nationally that month in completion percentage. His completion percentage on deep passes was 57th nationally, under 40%. And then in the red zone, this one surprised me a little bit. Uh, he completed just 55% of his passes in the red zone, 97th nationally. So I, so to me, I think that a lot of J.J. McCarthy's success as a first-year starter, and that's something to note, right? This year, he will be able to grow from his first year, and he can show you know, the film he watches, the way he progresses as a quarterback. But it did feel like in situations where Michigan needed him to make like a, a, a true money throw. I, I don't know that he was hitting at the same rate that he was when the run game was controlling things and he was kind of a, a complimentary piece. So that's, that's a question for me is, and it, it's also a question for NFL scouts. I think a lot of scouts are very intrigued at, of by JJ McCarthy as a potential first round prospect, but I don't think it's unanimous yet. And I think part of that is can, if Michigan has a, JJ, you need to go out there and win the game. You need to make those tight window throws in the red zone. You need to make, you need to hit on those deep passes. You know, the weather isn't ideal, but but it rarely is in the NFL. You know, you need to go and, and make those kind of plays too. So, you know, it, it's open to discussion, right? But to me, that's the biggest question mark is, is kind of those, those money throws. And then that, that situation where Michigan needs its quarterback play to win a game and not like a, Minnesota or Maryland or like I'm I'm talking about true top ten opponents, top ten defenses. That's that's something that I don't necessarily doubt that it's possible, but I do think that is still a question that hasn't been fully answered. For you with this quarterback room, what is what is the biggest question mark you have entering the season? I'll take the easy one on this one and go with just the the depth after McCarthy, right? I mean, I think it in today's college football, it is kind of hard to have. You're not going to have a Cardale Jones at Ohio State type situation where your third string quarterback is capable of. I mean, most schools are is capable of you know winning a national championship game for you. But I think with Michigan, I mean the the ceiling for their season overall really goes down in a big way if if McCarthy and I think more than a lot of the top ten or fifteen programs in the country um you know you think of uh even a team like let's say like say like uh tennessee with milton milton will start but if he goes down i mean they have a five-star freshman in the wings who was i think the number one or number two passer in the country but regardless my point is michigan does not have a young like a young um polished uh major talent at least that we've seen again and we'll talk about that in the player we're watching most but uh, I just, it's got to be the depth. It's just very, it's a very precarious position for Michigan if McCarthy 
even just gets banged up. Um, you know, I, I'm kind of one of my big things. Maybe you would agree. And, and I don't know, maybe if that's is what we're talking about, like fall stuff too. No, I mean, this would be the right time to bring it up. Like, I, I'm kind of curious to see how much McCarthy plays in the first, like, three or four games. I mean, given Michigan should, you know, cruise, at least for the first three weeks, for sure. Um, you know, did they not really rest him, but, you know, use that to get these other guys maybe more experienced than what you normally would? I feel like we do kind of have this conversation every year, and it never happens. The starter ends up playing, like, three at least three quarters of the game, but – um, right. <laughs> you know, I mean, don't we, I mean, even when we're in the press box, I remember saying like, you know, why aren't they going to take them out there up by four touchdowns. Um, but yeah, I just think that, you know, the drop, the potential drop off from McCarthy to number two is to me, a dangerous one, uh, for Michigan this season, given how loaded they look at pretty much every other position across the board. Yeah. I think it's, it's certainly, is something, especially, yeah, when you compare to other teams, it seems like the formula with the transfer portal these days is is your best backup quarterback is probably going to be a freshman or second-year player who is highly rated. But Michigan quarterback recruiting did not work out in 2023 class. And and I think the 2022 class, you know, Alex Orgy, Jane Denegal, are certainly we've seen them in the spring game. We've seen you know, the arms that they have and the athleticism that they have, but I, I don't know that they're necessarily in the running if J.J. McCarthy goes down. I think it really is Tuttle versus, versus Warren. And real quick, before we hit a break, Steve, because I think you and I have different views of this, I actually think I'm going with Tuttle as the projected number two quarterback. Former four-star recruit. Didn't really work out at Indiana, but that is a very uh, pass-happy offense I think he has a lot of experience and he's played in he's played against Penn State he's played against Michigan State he's played against Ohio State and he actually I mean he does have three starts in the Big Ten under his belt so I'm leaning in his direction I I like Davis Warren's game a lot and I think both of them showed in the spring game you know that this isn't going to be you if if J.J. McCarthy had to miss time or or he needs some some of these lopsided games Michigan will probably play both, even if it's in alternating games. But, but what do you like about Davis Warren's game that has you projecting him as the number two quarterback this season? Am I like, I mean, maybe I, I guess it's really going back on what I just said about Michigan being loaded across the board everywhere else. You know, you do kind of wonder, and I'm not trying to say Jack Tuttle is would be the safe choice per se, but there is a wealth of experience there, as you said. You know, and so it, it, you know, maybe, maybe that's how Jim Harbaugh would look at it as, as making the going with the, the deep experience in the Big Ten over a player in Warren who I, I would say has a little bit of a higher ceiling than Jack Tuttle has. I mean, we, you know, Jack Tuttle, we've kind of seen what he's capable, what he can do. Uh, now, granted, again, he's got a much different set of players that he's working with here at Michigan than he would have, that he did at Indiana, but, uh, you know, so I guess it really, to me, I guess maybe it would more depend on what, what is Jim Harbaugh thinking? Do you, do you take the, do you maybe go with a little bit of a higher ceiling option and a guy like Davis Warren, or do you lean on experience knowing you should have a really, really good defense. You should be able to run the football and you have a veteran, uh, a very veteran top two at the receiver position. Right. So I, I'm, I mean, I guess if I'm putting myself in Jim Harbaugh's shoes, um, that would be, maybe my my prevalent 
lean and thought is is which direction do I go there? But again, one of the things is we're talking about position battles. It's like these are things that are probably not going to be decided in the first couple of weeks of the season just because you got to right, think right. these guys will have app. Each one is going to have ample opportunity in game time in game time scenarios to to showcase what they're able to do. So uh, this really is more about setting the table for for conference season and and you know so this is not a an a, something I guess we would have an answer to before or at the end of fall camp, right? I, I I just feel like it'll keep going, and I also think that's that's another advantage for a guy like like Alex Orgy too. Uh, you know, the more time for a kid like him the more reps, just the more opportunity, uh, you know, because you talk about a higher ceiling. He's the guy that has the highest ceiling of anybody on the roster right now, not named J.J. McCarthy. So, you know, the longer this goes on for all of these guys that are competing for that spot, uh, you know, I think it's just it's it's going to be it could potentially be a benefit for those guys who maybe do possess a little bit of a higher ceiling when Tuttle may be the better choice. If you had to choose now, uh, maybe you would go Jack Tuttle uh, because because of that experience. Yeah, well, and I and I will say in making the case for Warren, Tuttle might have more college experience, more game experience, but Davis Warren's been around Michigan's offense and Michigan's program for a while, so he also has that built-in experience with his teammates, some of the chemistry with his receivers, and and also just knowing the playbook. I would assume at this point they both know the playbook pretty well, but I do think there is some value in having been around the program for a couple of years, so. I'm kind of with you. I don't think that this is, I don't know if they'll ever even officially, I, I know last year it seemed like they were kind of alternating who the, who the backup quarterback was. And um, they might do the same thing this year. And right. wouldn't, wouldn't and you it, be it, shocked if they, the depth yeah. chart's almost assuredly going to say, or right. Like I can right. almost see it saying Jack Tuttle or Davis Warren or Alex Orgy or something like that. You know or what I mean? Because like, yeah. yeah. Harbaugh yeah. did say at big 10 media days, he said there will be four players competing for the number two spot and I guess in most of our minds it's Tuttle versus Warren but but you're right you know maybe they keep all options open and and see who emerges and, and it might depend on the game because I do think coming in up 17 against UNLV is a different scenario than down seven against Penn State on the road right those I don't know if I don't know if Michigan would pick two different quarterbacks for those situations, but I do know that they're, they're two very different situations and two di- very different challenges being asked of the backup quarterback in that situation. All right, we're going to hit a quick break. On the other side, we'll look at we'll each look at a stat or player to watch in the next month or so, and then we'll both make a bold prediction for the quarterback room this fall. You're listening to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast. All right, welcome back. Thanks for waiting. As a reminder, we do have a full written story of each of these position group previews. It's, it's very lengthy. I have tons of advanced stats that don't necessarily translate super well into the podcast, uh, and, and we go a little bit more in-depth. And in, in those stories, I do have a player to watch and a stat to watch, but for the sake of time trying to keep these episodes a little shorter, we're just going to pick one or the other. So, Steve, who is your player or stat? that you're watching, particularly maybe the first month of the season to to kind of gauge where this quarterback room is at heading into the Big Ten play? Uh, I'm going to say Alex Orgy just because I think, and, and Michigan even showed it last year, uh, he's a potential packages guy. 
right? I think there are certain things they can draw up for him that they might not be able to draw up for other guys on the roster. And so I'm interested to see if and how and or how Michigan uh, utilizes him, you know, because he's humongous. I mean, he's built like a linebacker. Uh, He does have a cannon of an arm. Uh, He's just the most unique player at the position, Uh, you know, and like I said, I kind of still lean, lean on and, and look back at the opportunities they gave him last year. So, you know, I almost think about a guy like, like Blake Bell at Oklahoma from however long ago, you know, who was like a, almost like a short yardage quarterback in certain, in certain packages, certain situations, you know, a guy that they could line up under center, get an extra yard or two, right. As we, as we're looking, as we're wondering who Michigan would go to as, as far as running back goes in short yardage situations, uh, maybe orgy could be the guy just as a quarterback instead, you know, um, what was it, Philly in the Super Bowl? Like, how many quarterback sneaks did they run in short yardage situations in the Super Bowl? I mean, like seven or eight, you know, within two yards or something. So, I mean, teams are not averse to letting their quarterback do the work. And a guy of his uh, his size, uh, you know, might be an asset in a situation like that. So, you know, again, much like last season, Michigan just has such a diverse group of skill sets uh, across the board offensively. And I think at quarterback outside of JJ, uh, he's that one guy. So interested to see if, if, and how Michigan uses him early on in the season. Yeah. He could definitely be an X factor because you, I mean, six foot three, 236 pounds, very, as you said, built like a linebacker. So everyone will look at his running, but also we saw in the spring game, he, he can throw, he, he's got a, a cannon arm and and I think I would assume accuracy touch are kind of the the next steps for him. But at the same time, you know, you could really deceive some defenses and and yeah, ultimately just he could be an X factor in a game, whether it's a, a touchdown run here or, you know, a, a deception play here or there. So I like that pick. For me, I'm gonna go with a stat. And and the one I'm looking at is that completion percentage on deep ball passes, 20 yards or more downfield. As I mentioned earlier in this episode, J.J. McCarthy completed 39.3% of them last season, 57th nationally. And throughout the season last year, in press conferences, we would often ask you know, the players, like, oh, you know, what, what do you think of the offense's performance in this game or that game? And they always use the phrase, there's still meat on the bone. There's still room to be better there's still plays that they would like to have back or redo and I I, you know looking back on last season it really I think the biggest one was those deep ball passes and eventually they kind of came to fruition against Ohio State and Purdue and, and TCU but I think if you ask J.J. McCarthy you know where he can grow the most where he can go from what he is now to a Heisman trophy contender I think he would say it's those deep ball passes. He he actually was good on deep ball passes from an efficiency standpoint because he didn't throw a lot of picks. And and when he did hit those passes, they really hit. I mean, he completed 22 passes of 20 yards or more air yards downfield, and he had 801 yards and eight touchdowns on them, 22 passes. So I, I actually did the math, and and basically if he had completed – eight more of those passes, 
he would have thrown for an extra 300 yards and three more touchdowns, which, by the way, would have tied the Michigan record for touchdowns in a season. And it also would have put him in the running for most passing yards in a season by a Michigan quarterback. Just purely just eight more of those deep passes. And I think everyone who saw Michigan last season can think of at least three or four passes that were just off or just too far, just short or had just didn't quite have enough air on it. And so, so I think to me, that's, that's, there's a lot of areas where JJ McCarthy can grow, but I think that is the area he can grow with the most upward mobility in what this passing game can accomplish. Cause this passing, I mean, Michigan's already going to have some of those deep passes open and you saw it against Ohio state, but because teams are so focused on stopping the run and making sure that they're not getting bullied in, in the trenches, there are going to be some opportunities to complete some big passes downfield. And so I think to me, that's like the next step. I think that's the stat I'm watching and, and we'll see. I, I, I don't have a set number for September, but that is something I'm going to be watching is if that connection's there in September, that increases the odds that it's going to be there in October, November, December, and maybe January. So yeah, to me, that's the stat to watch. All right, Steve, final thing we're talking about with this position group preview, bold prediction for the season. What do you got for this quarterback room? Bold prediction for the 2023 season. I think JJ contends if, if not, if, if not gets to New York for Michigan this year, I think, you know, Corman Edwards will sort of feed off of each other in the running back position. And I think, again, you talk about Donovan in the passing game, Colson Loveland's emergence. He might be their their biggest threat at tight end since Jake Butt. Uh, you have two seniors in, in Roman Wilson, Cornelius Johnson at wide receiver. Uh, I just think I think that the, the foundation is there for McCarthy to have a huge season. And you got to remember, he's a first-year starting quarterback last year. Super talented, a guy that – huge expectations. And, I mean, they did go to the college football playoff. Uh, but a guy himself who's probably gotten a lot better even since the end of last year. So I think he's, he's in the conversation to get to New York uh, after like, like when it's time for them to decide who's going to go to New York. Okay. There you go. And they send what, four or five players to New York. So it varies. Didn't they, did they send five like last year or a year ago? Like it, it used to be four, I thought, but I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it's changed. I don't know. Yeah. It might depend on how close four and five are, but, but either way, that's Steve's prediction. My prediction, I think J.J. McCarthy breaks three Michigan program passing records this season, which sounds like a lot, but I'm going to run through the four that I've kind of circled that I think are very reachable. The first one, the big one that a lot of fans like to talk about, single season passing touchdowns. Current record is 25. J.J. McCarthy threw for 22 last season, including eight in the final three games. I think I know Blake Corum's going to score a lot, and I'm sure Donovan Edwards will score a lot too, but I, I think looking at Colson Loveland, Roman Wilson, Cornelius Johnson, A.J. Barner, I, I think this year's passing game can be a little bit more effective in the red zone. And I think ultimately J.J. McCarthy's just better at those tight window red zone passes than he was this time a year ago. And I think there's more trust in Michigan's play calling. Uh, they They trust the coaches, I should say, trust McCarthy with those throws a little bit more than last season. So I think he gets that one. Most 150-yard passing games, weirdly enough, the record's only 12, 
McCarthy got 11 last season. I expect Michigan to play, not to spoil my season predictions, but I expect them to play more than 13 games. And 150 yards is really not that many. So as long as he's healthy, I, I would expect him to tie or break that record. And then the the other two, I don't know if he'll get both, but completion percentage in a season, current record, 65.3%. He was 646 last year, and that was with some very low completion percentage games in November. I think back to, I mean, even Ohio State, as many great plays as he made in that game, I think he only completed 50% of his passes. The Illinois game, the Rutgers game, the Nebraska game, I think those were all games where he wasn't completing a super high percentage of passes. I think that can that can change a little bit this season. And can he get 0.7% better at completion percentage? I think for Michigan's sake, I would I would hope so or slash assume so. And then the last one, lowest interception rate. Current record is 1.49%. That was actually Shea Patterson in 2019. McCarthy was 1.55% last year. I think he'll be even better this year and and he would have set the record last year except he threw two interceptions in the in the Fiesta Bowl. So anyway, I don't know about the All-American. I, you know, I, I think there's some things I still want to see from him and from Michigan's passing game cuz Steve, I think you would agree with me on this. McCarthy can be an extremely efficient passer this season, but Michigan's going to have to throw the ball more than last year for him to be an All-American or be a Heisman finalist i think part of that is dependent on the stats right it's it is ultimately a usage and stats game and michigan had eight games last season where mccarthy completed 15 passes or fewer so and question so I, real sure. but on the uh, best based off that thought do you almost wonder then does it sort of depend how often michigan wants to put blake corman donovan edwards on the field at the same time to an extent I, yeah yeah couldn't it, or couldn't that i mean really couldn't it though because I just, I don't know. We'll talk about in the running back episode, but I just can't fathom with the way Edwards finished last year that Michigan is is really going to want to have one of the, like, why have one of them on the bench? Um, yeah, right. You know, right. Like, they, like, within reason. I mean, yeah, you don't want to run both. You have two great backs. You don't want to run both of them into the ground, especially early in the season. But I don't know, just kind of a thought there as far as how McCar- like McCarthy's production could amp up if Edwards is on the field uh, a lot while Corum is also right. out there. Well, and I do think this is something that I, I've heard former Michigan players have noted this, that just because I they wonder if, if Michigan's going to change its up 20 philosophy, you know, just because Michigan can run the ball 55 times and, and win the game by 40 doesn't mean they can't pass the ball. And there's certainly, I mean, there's reasons to run the ball, right? The, the movement of the clock, everything like that. But there are people wondering if Michigan starts to give J.J. McCarthy some of those reps in one to help him and the passing game grow, since I think the run game is pretty well established with so many players returning. Uh, but then two, yeah, maybe juice up McCarthy's numbers, maybe help him get some awards, help show quarterback recruits that you know this is a place where a quarterback can be a Heisman finalist or be a first-round draft pick. So a lot of this will be... I mean, that that's arguably a stat to watch is, is pass attempts per game in the first four games because I think you and I assume Michigan will win those four games pretty easily. And so do they have McCarthy throw 16 passes and call it a day or do they have him get some of those reps? And that that might uh, 
that might play a role in what his final, you know, postseason awards and stats and everything look like. Steve, any last thoughts on the quarterback room before we wrap this one up? Pretty much covered it. You know, I'm just, like I said, I think biggest thing is J.J. McCarthy's got to stay healthy. What direction do they go? Veteran versus high ceiling. And, and you know, where does Alex Orgy sort of fit in as far as a, I don't know, a change of pace in certain situations? You know, I think interesting room, but a lot of pressure on McCarthy to stay fully healthy for sure. Absolutely. For Steve Lorenz, I'm Zach Shaw. This has been the quarterback preview episode. Stay tuned or wherever you got this one, wait a day and you'll get the running back preview as well. Uh, Next episode, we'll talk about a very loaded running back room in our mind, the best running back room in the country. This has been the Wolverine 24-7 podcast. We'll see you next time.